Hey there, just a reminder, as we gear up for the new year, I am doing the next couple of weeks, this week and next week, with replay episodes from last year's last 30 days challenge. Now, I understand we're not the last 30 days of the year, but this content is so good, you guys. You're going to love it. So this was week two, and we are talking all about setting financial goals. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds Podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. is the last 30 days challenge and this is officially week two. If you didn't listen to week one, hop back over, make sure you listen to it because the content does kind of build on each other. But week one was all about our money mindset. So I'm curious, how did that go for you? Let me know. Tag me on Instagram or in the private Facebook group, Manage Your Money Like a Boss and fill me in. What? Are, how did the exercises go? This week is going to be a little bit different because this week during week two, we are focusing 100% on financial goals. I did an episode, I think it was last year, all about how to set better financial goals. And you guys loved it. It was seriously one of the most popular episodes I've ever done. So this one's going to kind of build on that same type of framework. But of course, in one year, I've learned a little bit more. And I have some tips that I think might be beneficial when it comes to setting your financial goals. So here's the thing. I used to believe in SMART goals. I think we've all heard of that. SMART goals should be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. And if your goal has all of those elements, then you're more likely to achieve it. And while I don't completely disregard that, I think that there's a lot more to goal setting than just setting one SMART goal. I think it needs to be a more holistic approach to goal setting. And if you don't do that, I think you have some really incredible goals that you will just never accomplish. So that's why this episode is taking place. And it's something that I'm personally working on in my own financial life and my life in general is setting better goals. So step one to setting better goals is to get clear on what you actually want. Yes, I know this sounds incredibly simple and very straightforward. And I almost didn't say this, but the more I thought about it, the more I realize that it is simple, but people aren't doing it. We're not doing it to the best of our ability. We're getting a little bit lazy on thinking of what we want. So therefore we have a life that maybe we're not so proud of. Maybe it's not the direction we want to be going, but we're not actually getting clear on what we want. And I think that's why we're usually so unhappy with our lives is we don't know how to measure success. We don't know what we actually want. So that's why step one is getting clear. Now, true story. When I was younger, younger Whitney used to be a little bit, actually a lot bit materialistic. I truly thought that I wanted this like bougie lifestyle. I wanted the fancy house. I wanted nice cars. I wanted really high quality clothes. I wanted to look what I thought was rich. And you know, that's changed a lot. So um, I'm 30 now. So my, my life has definitely expanded in the past 10 years for sure. But what I actually realized is at this exact moment in my life, And I say this moment because I know we change and priorities change and that's okay. But at this exact moment, having a house that's several thousand square feet doesn't actually mean as much as I thought it would. So instead, what is more exciting and enticing to me is having a house that's completely paid off by the time I'm 35. So then I can start to put all of that house payment towards something that fulfills me a little bit more. Maybe my business, maybe giving back to my favorite charities or traveling. I'm still a big time traveler. So to me, that's a little bit more exciting. And that really nice car that I thought I wanted, no joke, guys, when I graduated college, one of my goals was 
when I graduate college, I'm going to buy a brand new Chevy Camaro. This is when the Camaros came out. And I thought those were like the coolest cars ever. That was my goal. And I look back and I'm like, how short sighted. That was my serious goal for accomplishing a really big feat in my life. Like how lame. But instead of buying that Chevy Camaro, I kept driving my old car. And what I realized is the more I drove that old car, the more I actually didn't really care about cars. I thought I did, but I really didn't. But what I did care about is having a vehicle that fit my lifestyle. I'm pretty outdoorsy. I love to go hiking. Uh, Camping is like my favorite thing in the world. And I take a lot of road trips for weekend adventures. So instead of that, what I realized is that an older SUV that allows me to fold my seats completely flat so I can actually car camp and explore in a little bit more comfort, that was more exciting to me. And it took some really tough, tough talks with myself. And I had to get very clear on what do I actually want? And don't get me wrong. If I had an amazing house that was like right on the beach, all glass windows, wouldn't that be the coolest? Where I could just watch the waves every single day. I would love that. I would totally love that. That'd be amazing. But I wouldn't love the opportunity cost that it comes with. So I wouldn't love that I wouldn't be able to travel as much. I wouldn't love that because my money's going more towards this expensive home. And sure, if I had unlimited resources, that wouldn't be an issue. But we all have limited resources. We all have to make do with what we currently have. And currently, that's not a lifestyle I want to pursue. I would not want to just be paying all of my money towards a house and feeling like I'm stuck there. So this is me personally. You might be totally different and that is completely okay. There is no right or wrong answer. If you want that bougie lifestyle and you can afford it, do you. That is like the point of this is to get clear on what is actually truly important for you. So that's step one is getting clear on what you truly want. What does life really need to look like for you to feel content? And then step two is to focus on the core four. Now, the core four was really something that was introduced to me by one of my favorite podcasts, Good To Be Home. And the concept's pretty simple. There's four areas of our life that we should be working towards. Body, being, balance, and business. So body is what do you want your physical health to be like? How 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 do you want to feel? How do you want to look? That's the body piece. How do you, all of the uh, health and fitness stuff. Now, being is a little bit different. Being is your spirituality, not necessarily religion, but your spirituality. How do you feel? Are you content? Are you feeling con- constantly anxious? It's, it's that kind of that, that being. How do you want to be? And then balance is pretty straightforward, I think. This is the personal relationships that you have with loved ones and others. Do you want to see your family every single night? Do you not really care about seeing friends once a week? Do you want to see your friends once a week? What kind of balance do you want in your own personal life? And then business, if you're not in business, then that's fine. You can change that to career. But business is basically how do you make money? And how do you feel about the way you make money? So I try to focus on these core areas and I don't really believe in a balanced life. So I'm just going to be straightforward. I do not believe that you can achieve a fully balanced life. I think you're always going to be a little bit lopsided, but the whole goal is that while yes, you cannot achieve balance, you also shouldn't say, screw it. I'm never going to get there. So why do I even try? The whole intention of this is one area might be a higher priority at the moment, but that doesn't mean you should ignore all of the other areas. So while, yes, you are out of balance at all times, you should always be actively working on each of these core four areas in order to stay afloat and to keep your own sanity in some capacity. And then once you start to understand those four core areas, step three is to set daily intentions for those core four. Now, the daily intentions thing is kind of fun for me because this is... I'm. 
I'm kind of a competitive person and I really like to compete within myself. So one of the things that I like to do is I had my little waterproof shower notepad. I don't know if I've talked about this before. This thing is game changing for me. Basically, it's exactly as you would think. It's a little notepad that sticks to the wall in my shower and has a a waterproof uh, surface. So you can still write on it, but the water's not going to ruin it. And it comes with a little pencil. So I have this sitting in my shower. This is like ultra cheese, but that's okay. Because that's where I usually get my really good ideas. So I'm putting my face mask on one morning and I'm listening to the podcast. I'm hearing all about the core four. And immediately I just started writing stuff down. What do I want? those daily actions to be for those core four areas for myself. And so I just started to write, if I could accomplish one thing in each of these areas every single day, what would they be for me? So for me personally, here were the ones that I I came up with for myself. So for body, I would love to go to the gym every day. However, I did not write that down because there's some days where I just don't feel like it or I just am busy or I'm traveling or something's happening. So for body, I said my daily items, and I did two, were to drink 100 ounces of water and to eat at least 1,600 calories per day. Now, I know that last one seems weird, but I'm a busy person, and frankly, I just forget to eat. I skip meals or I just don't feel like it. So for me, eating consistently is actually incredibly important for me. For being... My being goal is to meditate using my Calm app every single day. So if I do this every single day, I know I'm on track. And then the other piece would be to write down my gratitude of the day. I used to say, write down three things you're grateful for. I'm skipping that. I'm trying to keep it even more simple in my my own life so I can keep things kind of flowing and I don't feel overwhelmed. So for me, it's just one gratitude every single day. And that's all I've got to do for my being. Now for balance, this one's trickier. So because balance is something I oh, totally struggle with, it's just tricky for me. I have a really hard time of maintaining my relationships and my, my personal lives and my, my business life. And I'm just not great at that. I'm going to be real honest. So for me, balance is shutting off my phone and my computer every single day by 8 p.m. Done. That's when I officially check out. So that's one of the things that I'm trying to do every day. And then for business, my business goal, my my one action item for business is to do four productive Pomodoro sessions. I think I've talked about Pomodoro before when I talked about beating procrastination. I think that was the five tip Friday. So go check that one out. But my four productive Pomodoro sessions, that's how I know I'm on track to accomplishing my business goals as well. So once you have that idea, once you have all of that stuff broken down, you know what your daily intentions are for the core four areas, then the next piece is to set a 90-day outcome goal for yourself. Now, let's be clear on this. You know what you want. You know the four different areas. Now, you have to choose just one area, one thing that you want to accomplish within 90 days. And this is where it gets super hard because we want to accomplish all the things. We want to have an amazing life and you deserve an amazing life. But what I find is if you focus on all of those four areas and you're trying to set a 90-day goal or 90-day challenge for yourself in every single area, I promise you, you're not going to accomplish anything. You're going to get very mediocre results in all of those areas and you're not going to be very happy with yourself and you're going to feel like you just wasted a ton of time. So that's why we're focusing on just one of those areas. There's that quote, the man who chases many rabbits catches none. I think this is so true. So just remember that and set one outcome goal for 90 days. Okay. So what's an outcome goal? An outcome goal is very, very different. So a non-outcome goal, if that's even a word, would be things like go to the gym every day, pay extra towards debt, make more money. Those are all inherently pretty crappy goals. There's nothing specific about them at all. 
So a better goal or an outcome goal would be run a 10K in 40 minutes, pay off my $3,000 chase card, earn an extra $1,500 in 90 days. So do you see the difference? We can immediately see, did you achieve that outcome or not? We can't necessarily see, did you make more money? If you made $10 extra, are you actually truly happy with that? You technically made more money, but is that really enough? Probably not. So that's why outcome goals are truly everything. I think they're the best. So let me share with you guys my own personal outcome goal for 90 days. I want to bring in an extra $2,500, not from business income, and save that towards an investment property over the next 90 days. So I'm, I'm trying to be really specific here. $2,500, 90 days, that's what my goal is. Then once you have your outcome goal decided on, that one focus item for the next 90 days, then you can start to break down some of your KPIs. Your KPIs are key performance indicators. And I learned about key KPIs in the MBA program, and I kind of love it. I think this is a really good way to live your life. Basically, a KPI is how do you know if you're on track? It's that little metric, that little thing that you can look at and say, yes, I'm on track, or no, I need to up my game. So for me, my KPI was breaking it down into daily and weekly income targets. So my daily income target, if I want to bring in an extra $2,500 in 90 days, I've got to bring in an extra twenty. $7.78 every single day in addition to my business income. Now the weekly target is $194.46. So not too bad, a little bit shy of 200 bucks per week extra. So from there, now I can start to see what are the side hustles that I actually need to do to get me to that goal. So for me, you guys know I'm doing the Uber Eats challenge. I'm still working on that a little bit here and there, but it would be like essentially four Uber Eats trips per day. This is not necessarily per week. Um, or flipping one cell phone per day or collecting three scooters for Bird, the electric scooter company, or selling two bundles of worksheets on my Etsy shop. My Etsy shop's called Bucket List Printables. I sell kind of fun little bucket list checklist stuff where people can track their adventures. It's, it's a little cheesy, but hey, I like it. So those are the ways that I can get to my goal. So now I know I don't have to do four Uber Eats trips every single day, but I can do four Uber Eats trips sometimes and then maybe flip a couple cell phones and maybe that brings in a little extra. But the whole thing is I have to either hit that $27.76 per day or I have to hit $194.46 per week if I want to be on track. So those are my KPIs. So that's really it. Once you can start to get your, your mind around what do you actually want, and then what are little daily things that are going to help keep your life in balance, setting that 90 day outcome goal, and then setting those KPIs so you can see if you're on track. If you switch your strategy to that, I promise you, you're going to see so much better results. And it's a lot of fun too. So my challenge for you is this week, go through these different steps. And I'm going to link the blog post as well, because I'm on my blog, there's very, very detailed information on that. But go through and set your own 90 day goals. That's what week two's challenge is all about is getting clear on your life, knowing exactly what you want and setting up the plan so that you can guarantee yourself success in some capacity. The important thing here too, to remember is whatever you set for your 90 day goal, that is fixed. That should never, ever change. But if you get into the process and you realize you're at say four weeks in and you're still not closer to the goal, the goal should not change, but your process should change. You, nothing should be more flexible than the process. The goal is very fixed. You don't change that no matter what, but you should change your strategy to get you to your goals if it's not really working out in your favor. So that is all about week two. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, let me know. Screenshot this, tag me on Instagram 
or on Facebook or Twitter or wherever the heck you hang out, or even just shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you and see some of your own personal 90-day goals. So next week is week three of our last 30 days challenge. And what we're going to be covering next week is how to do a yearly review of your financial life. What steps do you take? What items do you look into? We're going to do a really deep, detailed analysis of how the last year went for you financially. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure you share it with somebody that you care about. I appreciate your support and love for the podcast. It it's seriously the greatest thing in the world. This is probably the coolest job ever. You should all start a podcast if you have a lot of free time, which nobody does. <laughs> Regardless, thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. negativity. There's plenty of negativity, but there's a lot more good in the world if you're actually looking for it. And if you're training your mind to find it, the next thing to do when you start to change your mindset is to listen to how you judge others. This is so eye opening, You guys, when I started to realize how I was judging people, that's when it started to really hit me that what I judge in people is directly impacting my results. So let's break this down. If you think that wealthy people are evil or just total assholes and wealthy people are, they're just jerks. They step on people to get ahead. That's the only reason why they have this success that they have. If you believe that when you judge somebody, you see that Kylie Jenner and you're like, ah, she's only there because she stepped over people and she was just a jerk and she put her family aside. When you say that, what you are also telling yourself is I don't want to be successful because if I'm successful, I'm going to treat people that way too. That's immediately what you're telling yourself. So subconsciously you start to believe that. And then that equates to self-sabotage. When we start to believe that we should not have certain results, because if we have those results, then we're going to become jerks like those people too. Why on earth would you ever want those results? Right? You're not going to do that because you immediately start to think that this is going to be a really negative thing. So be really careful about how you judge people because whatever you say when you judge people is probably going to be reflective of your own life as well. So instead of that, the next tip that I like to give people is if you do find that you're judging people in negative ways when it comes to wealth and success and financial stuff especially, is to figure out what can you do to change that. Because ultimately, what we believe is what has been modeled to us. So think this through. If we were kids and your parents always said, money is really hard to come by. It's incredibly hard to come by. And you see your your family, your parents just blow through money and not be very, very great with it and always struggle and have a negative relationship with money. That's what's been modeled to you your entire life. You are probably going to believe that yourself until... You find people that prove otherwise until we start to have that mindset shift when we see there's another option for you. It's not just what your parents have taught you. Once you start to realize that, you can start to change that. But ultimately, it takes a little bit of maturity and it takes a place of being open-minded enough to say there's got to be a better way 
this is not the only way. There's got to be other ways that I can change this stuff. And my life is better than just what has been modeled to me. I actually noticed this as a real thing when I was having coffee with one of my good friends. And we were sitting there. And at this time, this was years ago, I was super into Jack Canfield and all of his teachings. And I listened to one specific YouTube video that he created. And it had completely rocked my world. I loved it so, so much. And it was so fascinating. He has a really great career. He had just built Chicken Soup for the Soul. He was kicking butt. He was doing the success principles. He was an author. He was a speaker. And I'm watching his life, and I admired literally everything about his career. I remember thinking, I want this to be my life. This is going to be my future. And so I sent her this video because I thought it was incredibly interesting and very important because he also talked a little bit about finances in this video and how to manage your finances appropriately and honor your money. And a few days later, she sat down and she said, you know, I watched the video and the video was really good. I, I enjoyed it. But then I started to research a little bit more about Jack Canfield. And I found that he was actually a huge jerk to his son. His son said that he was just an ass and he just did not take the time to build up a good relationship with his son. And this was her exact words. I don't want to make that much money if I have to ignore my kid. Ouch, right? So this is a huge assumption. This is a very bold assumption because what she's inherently saying is if I get to a certain level of extreme wealth and extreme success, that means that I'm going to be a total jerk to my family. And that is not necessarily the reason he has a poor relationship with his son. We're assuming, we're making really bold assumptions, but ultimately that's not the case. What if, what if the son had some deeper rooted issues? What if there was a lot more to it than just his success with money? But when we tell ourselves, when we say out loud, the only reason that this is happening is because of their results, then we're immediately limiting our ability to have an amazing career and a great deal of wealth. So be incredibly careful about that. And when you find that you are practicing what's been modeled to you, when you start to see yourself say those things, it's really easy to start to change it. All you have to do is find case studies, listen to podcasts like this one or others that are more about people's personal journeys. What this does when you start to find examples of people that are living amazing lives in all areas that you personally admire and respect, it starts to change your norm. Your norm does not become, if I have extreme wealth, I'm a jerk to my kid. That's not what it is anymore. Your norm doesn't become, I watched my parents struggle with money for years and they told me that money was incredibly hard to come by, so therefore that's playing out in my life as well. There's different ways of viewing the world and ultimately you have to find case studies that support the vision that you want for your life. It's not that difficult, but remember, it takes repetition. Repetition is the key to changing your habits. Every little thing that you do needs to be repeatable every single day so that you're starting to change your mindset. So here's the action steps to help you so you can actually immediately take action this next week and start to have an amazing, abundant money mindset. First is to take that honest assessment and figure out if you have a scarcity mindset or if you have an abundant mindset. This one's tough. I understand. It takes a little bit of soul searching, but really truly ask yourself, is it a place of scarcity or is it a place of abundance? And then for the next week, one solid week, I want you to grab a notebook and track how many times you talk negatively to yourself. Just make that little scratch on your notebook and just become aware of how often you're telling yourself negative things. And the next step I want you to do is to think about really wealthy people. And I want you to write down your thoughts about them. 
So find incredibly wealthy people, people that you like, people that you don't like, and start to jot down your thoughts. Because if you believe negatively about wealthy people, you're probably not going to have a ton of wealth yourself. Then take those negative beliefs that you have about people in general, successful people, and then find case studies. This can be podcasts, blogs, biographies, documentaries, whatever it takes that prove that that is an incorrect assumption. And then lastly, this is a little woo-woo too, but meditation is the bomb. Download the Calm meditation app and then start going through the seven days of self-esteem training. So do this every single night before bed and you'll start to understand a little bit more about yourself, your thought process, and where it's all coming from. That is it for week one of our last 30 days challenge. If you go through these steps, I can promise you it'll make a huge difference in the way that you view money. Now, next week, we're going to be talking about how to set better financial goals so that you have a positive money mindset. You're continuing that work forward. And now you're putting this into an action plan that you can start 2019 off on the exact right foot. And do me the biggest favor in the world. If you have enjoyed this episode, if you've learned something new, if this has impacted you in any way, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on Instagram to let me know that you are listening. It means the world to me. And if you haven't done so already, also subscribe and leave a review for the podcast. Seriously, it helps the podcast in so many ways, get in front of more people and attract really high quality guests. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed this first week's training all about your money mindset. And I will see you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite.